following program is pre-recorded. Welcome to Hope in the Night, late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help and on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. Well, June, here at the end of the year, we'd like to take a look inward, a look, guess a little bit, and a kind of peer behind the curtain, let people see uh, some of our team members yes. and understand who it is that we get to work alongside with each day and uh, so we're the, so the gang's all here and uh, <laughs> wanted to um, well not the whole gang but the the three of us the four of us um, and uh, so today is uh, our uh, media relations and event specialist Dee Dee Signoretto is here in studio and uh, and uh, so uh, you have some questions for her and we'd like to know more about her well Dee Dee I've known you for a few years and and what I always remember is you were working like for the Dallas Summer Musicals. It wasn't summer, but it was called Dallas Summer Musicals, and you let people know about what the next musical would be, and you were working with a, a Christian, a man a man who uh, was a dedicated Christian who was in charge of uh, the Dallas Summer Musicals, but your husband had something to say. And he wanted you to work at Hope for the Heart. So, um, and as I think about you, um, I I think about a huge transition in your life. Um, You, uh, why don't you just describe what it was like growing up? Like, uh, what was was your life like um, from a, a spiritual standpoint or a, your religious background. Uh, let's just start there. Okay. Um, I grew up in a very loving, devout Christian family, and we attended church every Sunday. Every Sunday. We never missed, unless the whole family had the flu or something. Mm-hmm. And um, we... Um, were regular attenders, and um, I always believed in Jesus Christ from the time I can remember. Um, always believed in Him, and believed in what way? Believed, believed that He was. I believed He was the Son of God, and mm-hmm. I, I believed, I believed that He died on a cross. I believed that He rose again from the dead. Um, but um, I, I mean, I went to catechism. I, I went through all the sacraments. I, I went to confession. I did, I did everything um, the way I was supposed to do it. But I, I still, I still had an empty hole in my heart. Um, other than when I went to a movie when I was about fourteen years old, I went to a movie in my hometown in California. And it was called Born to Run. Hmm. And I didn't find out till years later through a friend of ours at church here in Dallas that um, that was a Billy Graham Association movie. Mm-hmm. And it was based on a true story, apparently. But I, I felt something I'd never felt before in that movie. And I know now that it was the Holy Spirit. But because there was nobody after the movie was over to explain to me. Um, what this feeling about my, you know, what this movie evoked in my 
heart, um, I didn't know. I had nobody to disciple me or tell me. Mm-hmm. So um, it wasn't. Um, so went off to college. What was your knowledge of the Bible? Oh, I had I had no knowledge of the Bible other than a little bit of catechism. Uh, we didn't read the Bible at church. There was well, there was a reading. There was a two readings from the Bible, and then there would be a sermon. But it, the sermon very often wouldn't even be on what we just read in the Bible. It might mm-hmm. be about quitting smoking or um, some missionary work over in Pakistan. Or, but it was there was really no Bible teaching whatsoever, other than the little bit I got in catechism. And um, well, you, you, you had more than I did because I didn't even have catechism. <laughs> I knew nothing about the Bible either because that was not a part of my church that I was in. Although okay. we were in different denominations, yes, there was just no 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 emphasis on the Bible. There were no Bible studies. There were no um, nothing for the youth anyway mm-hmm. at all. You know, had you ever um, heard about having a changed life through Christ? Was that ever part of the never, teaching? Never, never heard anything about um, having a changed life through Christ. Never, mm-hmm. never knew that I was lost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I. I thought that I was okay because I went to church every Sunday, and I thought I was in God's good favor for that. It was very works-oriented, um, yeah. where, you know, if your, good, if your good deeds outweighed your bad deeds, then you could um, hope to go to purgatory uh-huh. and then hope that people would pray for you to get you into heaven. And that was one of the things in catechism I did not like the idea of. It just seemed so uncertain. And I didn't like that they said that when babies die, they go to a place called limbo. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, they'd be so lonely just floating around for eternity, you know, having no one to love them. That bothered me as a 12-year-old very much. where, Where is that in the Bible? It's not. That's right. It's not. And purgatory is not in the Bible either. No. So um, the things that troubled me are unbiblical and Mm -hmm. um, extra teaching that people added to the Bible, which I found out much later. Mm -hmm. But you were sincere. I was. And you thought you were. It's like you don't know anything else, and you were doing what it seemed uh, to be right at the time. We'll come back. It's been 20 years since June Hunt was first called into international ministry through the translating of our keys for living into the Russian language. The Lord has refined our focus in recent years to partnership with ministry leaders in key global regions whose reach is expanding to international training events, radio programming, and impact across borders that only indigenous leaders could cross. God is multiplying hope through the translated Keys for Living and the globally relevant counseling model of June Hunt that you have come to understand as a valued listener of Hope in the Night. When you support our Hope for the Heart international ministry, you give directly to men and women who are giving their lives to equip and empower the church in their regions for the Lord's kingdom. Come with us around the world to share the hope of Christ. Visit us online at hopefortheheart.org forward slash international. 
Would you like to talk to June Hunt about a situation in your life? Consider having that conversation on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night and let June help you discover practical help that's grounded in God's truth. Your story will be heard on all of our radio affiliates. And of course, we protect your privacy by providing you with a different name. And as it happens often in our program, when you share your story, you might help someone else find biblical hope and practical help for their lives. It's ministry multiplied. For an opportunity to talk with June Hunt on Hope in the Night about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or some other concern in your life, call 800-917. That's 800-644-4817. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call tonight. 800-917. 800-644-4817. You were listening to Hope in the Night. We're a ministry of hope for the heart, offering God's truth for today's problems. And we're here just because of your ongoing prayers and continued support of our ministry. It really means so much to us. We thank you for that. Well, June, uh, we have uh, a special guest in studio tonight, and uh, so I'll, I'll just turn that over to you. It's a great conversation so far with Didi Signoretto, and uh, we, we welcome Didi, and uh, I'm interested to hear more. Well, I've, I've known Didi um, in a way that I've cared about her life, and I've watched uh, some significant uh, changes. Um, Didi, I know you... Uh, met the person that you married, and uh, he was from, was he from the Bronx? Brooklyn. Brooklyn, okay. Not that I know that much difference, but I do know <laughs> that he's a New Yorker. Yes. And, yeah. <laughs> and he was significantly, significantly older than you. Yes, he's 19 years older, to be oh. exact, and um, um, a very fun person. Mm-hmm. used to sing me Frank Sinatra songs mm. when we were dating, and I used to think he sounded like Sinatra till I really listened to Sinatra. Oh, <laughs> but he does, he does have a very nice voice, too. And then you moved to Dallas. We did. We moved to Dallas in the early 80s, mm-hmm. and um, he started an um, interior demolition business here in the city, and he used to go to um, the downtown YMCA, on his noon break every day nearly monday through friday and when he was there he met this older gentleman and this is the days before cell phones and he he would come home at the end of the day and say there's something about this older gentleman at the gym that i see every day Hmm. he said there's something about him and he said everybody seems to know him um they call him dr c Dr. Criswell, he said, I think he's a medical doctor. Mm. And, uh, of course, me being from California and Michael being from New York, neither one of us knew who Dr. Criswell was. But uh, the next day, Michael asked him what type of doctor he was, and he said a doctor of theology. Mm. To which Michael asked, well, what does that mean exactly? Mm-hmm. And he told him he was the pastor across the street from the YMCA downtown Dallas and that he'd been there for over 40 years. Mm. He was in his mid-70s at the time, and Michael was 46, and I was 27. And um, through their friendship at the gym, 
And that conversation, Dr. Criswell asked him, well, where do you go to church, Mike? And he said, well, to be honest, he said, um, I'm only going Christmas and Easter because I was divorced and I can't receive communion at my church anymore. Um, so I just go Christmas and Easter. And he said, well, where in the Bible does it say you can't receive communion because you're divorced? And he said, well, I don't know. I've never read the Bible. Mm. And um, he said, well, every man, woman, and child needs to have a copy of God's Word and know what God says himself about that. So he said, I've got good news for you, Michael. He said, Jesus died for the sin of divorce, too. And he said, if you're sorry for your sin and repentant, um, he said, you'll be forgiven. So he said, let's go get you a Bible after we finish working out. So on their way over there, he said to my husband, Michael, he said, something wonderful is going to happen to you. Hmm. And my husband later said, what do you think he meant by that? He said, why would he say such a thing? And I said, I don't know. I, I really had no idea either. And as a result of this friendship, um, uh, Dr. Criswell gave him this Bible and asked him to read the Gospel of John, one proverb a day. He said, you're a businessman. He said, um, you need to read one proverb a day to gain wisdom and read some Psalms. So he came home with this Bible, told me this story, and started reading the Bible. And the problem you're talking about is from the book of Proverbs. There's a, There are 31 chapters yes. in the book. It, they call them the book of, Bible, of, of Proverbs, but it, they're, they're, they're like huge, huge chapters. Uh, it, there's one book, the, the Bible. So he, it's like, was he very specific about actually reading the whole chapter, like chapter one of the, the book of yes, Proverbs? Yes, for instance, if it was December 1st, he would read Proverbs 1. Mm -hmm. December 2nd, he would read Proverbs 2 through the end of December, since there's 31 chapters. So that's what he asked him to do every day. And apparently Michael was asking him a lot of questions, which he told him to do. He said, if you have any questions, let me know. And he was asking so many questions that the pastor said, Michael, how would you like me to teach the, you the Gospel of John and start a Bible study in your home? Mm. And Michael loved the idea. He came home and told me about it, but I wasn't, I wasn't as thrilled about it. Um, <laughs> in I, your home. <laughs> I was home. I hadn't met the pastor. I had no interaction with him. Um, but my husband said, well, um, I said, I don't want to be a Baptist. I thought, you know, this church was a Baptist church, and I just thought, you know, they just wanted me to become a Baptist. And I didn't have anything against Baptists. I just thought, you know, that's all it was about, is like all that was all there was to it. And I didn't know that I was lost. And so my husband said, well, he's going to call you tonight, because I told him it's your home, too. He said, but don't tell him no. If you don't want to be at the Bible study, you can go out with a friend or go to a movie or something. So so he wanted to have the Bible oh, study in your home, even if you if I wasn't, maybe wouldn't come. Yes, he wanted to have it whether I was there or not. So when I realized that, I didn't want to argue. So I thought they'd come one time and do an overview of John. And so I did a nice buffet, and they came, and... Um, I didn't even own a Bible, and neither had my husband until Dr. Criswell gave him his Bible. And so we all, they brought some extra Bibles. I didn't even have the good sense to go buy a Bible. Well, um, there's no reason for you to know that. I didn't. I'd never been in a Bible study before, so mm -hmm. I had no idea. I just thought somebody would be talking about 
John, and like a lecture kind of thing. I didn't really know, and it's kind of embarrassing now to even admit that. But oh, I was no. twenty seven. Normal. Um, lost and lost as a goose, but. Um, I remember trying to find the Gospel of John. They brought extra Bibles, gave me one. I, I miraculously found First John, oh. <laughs> and then Dr. Criswell came and turned the page to John. And um, as a result of that Bible study— The Gospel of John, yes. Yes. Because there are four Gospels. Those are biographies. I like to tell people who've never opened a Bible or known about the Bible, mm-hmm. I like to say there are four biographies of Jesus—Matthew, Mark, Luke— John, by the way, my saying this, I didn't know any of this either, you know, for a number of years. So I knew nothing about the Bible at all because I had not even opened a Bible. I had one on a shelf. That was it. So so believe me, I, I'm, I'm enjoying listening to you because I had some similar, <clears throat> I, I couldn't have turned in the Bible to, to any book of the Bible because I didn't know anything about that. Maybe I could have found Genesis if they said it was the first book, (laughs) but that would have been about it. Um, But anyway, um, so they came. It was the first Tuesday, or it was November 7th. It was a Tuesday in Mm -hmm. 1984, and um, it was a very cold night. I remember that, and I just remember being embarrassed. I couldn't find the Gospel of John, and I was upset with myself, like, you call yourself a Christian, and... You know, you can't find the Gospel of John in a Bible. And so he turned— But you were not taught that. No. Oh, not as a child, not as a teenager, not as a young adult, and yet you were going to church. Going so, to church mm-hmm. and really not getting much out of it, to be mm-hmm. honest. There was a lot of repetition in the service, and um, I, I really didn't get a lot out of it. And so um, after— they would come every other Tuesday to this Bible study, and they mm. apparently were all. Um, Mrs. Criswell came to the Bible study, mm-hmm. and he brought several other people. And my husband invited some men, he, some of his clients, and some of his employees. I didn't invite anybody because I was uncomfortable myself about being there, even in my own home, yes. <laughs> because I didn't know what to expect. So I was really nervous. Mm-hmm. And um, but he was very gracious and just started in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And I thought, wow, that's a quite a statement, the you know, that first, that first, the first chapter, first mm-hmm. verse in John was quite an eye-opener. And so from there, I, I know they were all praying for us now, but at the time I didn't, but I, I was under conviction over my sin. I always thought I was a really good person. And because I was religious, I thought I was a Christian because I was religious and I was checking off all the boxes, you know, like going mm-hmm. to church, going, getting, you know, the sacraments, doing all the things that you're supposed to do. But I always had this void in my heart, this empty feeling in my heart. And that movie that I saw when I was 14 kind of addressed that, but then I had no one mm. to teach me. So um, it was... It was that, just reading through the Bible with them and them praying. I was under such conviction over my sin, but I didn't even realize what it was. Mm. I was just miserable. But before that, before my husband met this pastor at the gym, I used to lay in bed at night. Right before I would go to sleep, I would pray silently the prayer that you would say to the priest when you would go to confession. And I would say, I would just say it silently every night. Because what was that? It's, oh, my God, 
I am heartily sorry for having offended thee, and I detest all my sin because I dread the loss of heaven and the pains of hell, but most of all because I have offended thee, O my God, who art worthy of all my love. Mm. And I would pray that every night before I went to bed because I felt the guilt of my sin, Mm. but I didn't know what to do with it and how to get rid of it. And when I was in college, I had gone for confession, and I had a priest who was um, very kind of condemning toward me. I was Mm. 19 years old, I think, maybe 20, Mm -hmm. and um, this in California. And so I didn't really like to go to confession anymore, and so I would just pray directly to God. And I really believe that's why God sent this pastor to the gym. Um, Now looking back on it, I think he was answering my prayers because— they they were praying for me, I'm sure, because I was we went to New York for Christmas to see my husband's family and I was miserable the whole time. It was like the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit was pointing out all my sin and I was just like you know, that's just a miserable feeling to just have your sin pointed out constantly. Um and But you know the role of the Holy Spirit well, there are several roles that he has. The Bible tells us one of the things that He does as he's a counselor. He counsels us in the way we should go, but he also convicts us, and I call that good conviction. I I call it good guilt, that if I'm on the wrong way, um, I'm going the wrong way on a one-way street, I need to turn, but I may not know I'm yet going the wrong way, but... Obviously, it would be so helpful to see a sign that lets me know I'm I'm going the wrong direction. I'm, here are all these cars headed toward me. So conviction is actually good when we need to change. But what I, I hear from you are some similar things that I thought and, and that I didn't know. I, I never, I didn't even know about the Holy Spirit. I didn't. Nor did I. You know, so, and, and, you know, isn't it sad at times, Dee Dee, that there are many people who are sincere, uh, like you, and like me, we were sincere, but sincerely wrong, but if we aren't told the truth, if we aren't told the way, the truth and the life, um, we uh, can keep going down the wrong way. And so we need that change. We need the Lord through His Spirit to to convict us. So that was good guilt. Yes, it was. June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart have an exciting new resource to encourage you and equip you to help others. It's called the Care and Counsel Library, and it's available at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. The Care and Counsel Library has 50 topics in 10 volumes with clear answers from God's Word and practical solutions to real-life issues. It is the culmination of decades of ministry from the compassionate, relevant guidance of June Hunt. This library includes volumes such as Grief and Loss, Abuse and Trauma, Depression and Suicide, and more. These are excellent training tools for counselors, life coaches, or anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom to address the real issues of life. 
Learn more and get the Care and Counsel Library at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. If you're looking for a place to find encouragement and guidance, check out junehunt.org. That's where you can find June's practical, biblical resources, including June's books and Bible studies on a variety of topics like anger, depression, forgiveness, addictions, relationships, and more. June's resources offer biblical hope and practical help for all of life's challenges. They are great for personal study and growth and equipping you to help others. At junehunt.org, you can also find June's music, her translated books in Spanish, and keep up with all the latest news and interviews with June. And if you've missed an airing of Hope in the Night, you can access the broadcast archives from this site and search for specific topics. At junehunt.org, there's also a place to donate and support us financially to help more people find practical guidance from God's Word through our radio broadcasts, biblical resources, and more. We're grateful for your prayers and support, and we hope you'll check out the resources for you at junehunt.org. Welcome back to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver, and uh, our ministry exists to help you and to help you help others. We are a listener-supported or crowdfunded mission, and Hope for the Heart exists because of the financial support of those of you who listen. I'd like to encourage you that if you're considering giving a gift, to go ahead and do so in the next uh, few days. And uh, actually, most of our giving comes in the final weeks of the year, and that's what fuels our next year, to be able to keep doing what we do. So much of Hope for the Heart is about giving content away, whether it's through the website, resources that we send to each night's Hope in the Night callers, our podcast, we have conferences, and so many resources, because we want to reach as many people as possible with biblical hope and practical help. And your gift is what helps us do that. You can support us in a couple of ways at the website, hopefortheheart.org slash donate. Or you can call our customer support team at 800-488-HOPE, and we appreciate that so much. Well, Jen, let's get back to our conversation with uh, our fellow uh, team member from Hope for the Heart here, Didi Signoretto. Well, uh, Didi, I'm going to ask a very specific question. Did you have any certainty that if you were to die that you would definitely go to heaven, or was that um, in question? I had no no assurance that if I were to die, I'd go to heaven because of the purgatory teaching mm-hmm. um, that if your good deeds outweighed your bad deeds, you'd go to purgatory and then people would pray for you. So I never had any assurance that I'd go to heaven um, until um, one day, um, January 6th to be exact, 1985, Dr. Criswell called us when we got back from our holiday trip for Christmas um, in New York and invited us to this new Sunday school class. And it was meeting at the Dakota restaurant, which is right adjacent between the church and the YMCA, ironically. Mm-hmm. And it was for presidents of their own companies. He was mm-hmm. trying to reach men for Christ yes. and their families. And we went um and reluctantly, I went. I told my husband I would just go to the Sunday school class. I didn't want to go to church. 
And Mm -hmm. because I had visited right before Christmas because I saw this huge change in my husband. In what way did you see a change? He he used to um, cuss quite Mm -hmm. a bit, Mm -hmm. um, and he quit cussing. Mm -hmm. And there's a learned behavior in the Italian community in Brooklyn. A lot of them are possessive and even jealous. And uh, Michael picked up that learned behavior back there, and I did not like that one bit. And that fell off him like an old Mm. garment. Wow. And so... I saw this. He started going to Dr. Criswell's church after he started the Bible study in our home, and I continued going to the same church I was in with our little daughter. And um, But I saw this huge change in him. So right before Christmas, I, I decided I'd go with him just to see what it was like. And I remember sitting. We sat pretty far back in the middle. I just remembered... The music was so exuberant and joyful, and the people mm. were all so happy. Yes. And I felt uncomfortable because it was so different than my church experience, where it was very quiet and stayed, and, you know, um, you didn't talk when you went into the sanctuary. You just, you know, sat in your pew and listened, and then you left. It mm. was very, um, other than the meet and greet time, you know, where you say, peace be with you, or... Um, something like that. And so um, on January 6th, we went to, so I went that time to church. And then when we got back, he invited us to this Sunday school class. And when we got there, uh, Dr. Criswell introduced everybody in the room. And then another man taught the class. This is the Bible study. Yes, this is the Sunday school Mm -hmm. Bible study time. And all he taught was John 3.16 the entire time. And he broke that verse down. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And, of course, I'd seen that sign up at golf tournaments under athletes' eyes in the Mm -hmm. black with the white paint they do. I'd seen it through the years, but I'd never— Did you know what it was? I didn't know what it was. I'd never read the Bible. So, um, this man, this— pastor on staff taught this, and then he said, I want you to put your name in that verse. And now, you have to remember, I just said that when we were in New York, I was under the conviction of my sin. I didn't know why I was so miserable exactly, but I knew that it was like, uh, I didn't know about the Holy Spirit, so I didn't know exactly what was happening, but um, he said, put your name in there, so I did, and I just, for God so loved Dee Dee. Mm-hmm. That he gave his only begotten son, that if Didi would believe, Didi will not perish, but Didi will have everlasting life. Wow. And I just started crying. And my husband looked at me and he knew something was happening and he said, Are you okay? And I just said, You know, I always believed that Jesus died for the sins of the whole world, mm-hmm. but I never really made it personal about my personal sin. Mm. till today. So then he said, do you want to go to church with me? And we'd put our daughter in the nursery. And I said, okay. So we went and we, he said, where do you want to sit? And I said, well, why don't we sit with Mrs. Criswell? Because she had been coming to the Bible study and she was the only person I knew. Mm-hmm. And um, so we sat with her and um, I just remember at the end of the service, Dr. Criswell gave what I now know is an invitation. And he said, he 
he was explaining that if you want to give your life to Christ, and, but he had a real, y- you know him, June. Yes. You knew him. Um, he's with the Lord now, but he had a sing-songy kind of way, poetic kind of way, kind of like Spurgeon. And he had a way of saying, you somebody you, um, you somebody you up in the balcony. So I, I wasn't quite sure what he was saying, but um, I asked Mrs. Chris, well, why is he telling people to come forward? And she said, it's called a profession of faith. And my hands were shaking at this point. And she took a hold of my hand, and she said, in the Bible it says that if if you're ashamed of me before my Father in heaven, how does it go? I'm saying the verse wrong now. Um, cause if you confess. If you confess. Say it, Jeff. You know it, the one oh, I'm saying. <laughs> now, now I'm on the spot. Uh, that if you confess me before men... That, yes. uh, you know, I will confess you before my Father in heaven, but if you deny me, I will deny you before my Father. Yes, and mm-hmm. she quoted that verse to me, and I just couldn't get it out. I don't know why. And, um, and, she, and I just stood there with my hand shaking. She's holding my hand, and she goes, do you want to give your life to Christ? Do you want to do that? And I, I nodded my head. I could not talk. I was mm-hmm. so overcome mm-hmm. with relief. It was kind of like this huge relief that my sin was going to be forgiven, that I'd been praying at night silently that prayer. So I'm thankful to my former church for teaching me that you needed to confess your sin. And I did have plenty of priests that were compassionate and merciful, but that one had been condemning, which kind of pushed me away. And I, I, for the first time, understood that you could know that you were saved, for sure. Yes. And... I later found in the, the 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 epistle of 1 John chapter 5 11 through 13 John says in verse 13 um, these things I have written so that you might know no. you have, have eternal, eternal life, life. not That's that you right. can hope you have eternal life but that you can know so ever since that day uh, I I've been like a sponge, needless to say, because I didn't have any Bible training or teaching or learning. Yes. And so I, I joined every Bible study I could, <laughs> and um, I, I was so excited about every new truth I would learn because the Bible says the truth sets you free. Yes. And I felt set free. I felt this burden just lifted off my shoulders just like that classic Christian book, Pilgrim's Progress, <laughs> I felt that burden fall off of me, mm-hmm. and I had so much joy in knowing I didn't have to earn my way to heaven anymore by trying to be good. How did the Lord transform your life? Clearly, there was a transformation. Um, you know, So what did that look like? Oh, um, so many things. Um One of the first things that happened was the Lord convicted me strongly um, to quit drinking. Mm. Um, And I felt like, you know, I've dishonored the Lord enough when I was unsaved with my Mm -hmm. drinking, and I I could see why he'd want me to give that up. So I did Mm. at 27. Mm. And... um, you know, now I'm high on Jesus, <laughs> and he gives me my joy, and I also, um, what else? I mean, I I just felt like I had a purpose in my life. Oh, that's huge. A huge purpose. Like, I because I wasn't saved till I was 27 and had just formerly been very religious and thought I was okay because yes. I was religious, I wanted to tell everybody about 
how I'd been set free from religion and had a relationship now with Jesus that I, I didn't have to pray memorized prayers, but I could just talk to him personally yes. um, and just just talk to him like a friend. The Bible says he's our friend. Mm. And John 15 talks about abiding in the vine and um, all these things. And so when you pr- talk to him and you read read his word, he talks to you. And when you pray, you talk to him. But he, he just... Um, Jesus does talk to you, mm. and it may not be an audible voice, but His Word just speaks right straight to your soul and, mm. and convicts you of your sin. I was just convicted the other morning by a verse in Hosea. It talked about um, not grumbling or finding fault, and I was like, oh, ouch, <laughs> you know, that really, <laughs> because it's, it's easy in our sinful flesh you can you can see the splinter in somebody else's eye, but not the plank in your own sometimes. And that was that was very convicting. So and if you have a pattern, patterns are hard to break. But the Bible says it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So when you said that the Lord talks to you, uh, yes, He can communicate into your mind thoughts that you need to think. Uh, he can convict you of instead of doing this do that instead and so we are I think you may know what I mean when I say isn't it wonderful that the Bible says trust in the Lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight I absolutely understand that and the other thing I learned um, from John chapter 3 was that I'd become born again, and I mm. understood what that meant for the first time. I used to think born-again Christians were just kind of weirdos, you know, mm-hmm. because I knew this young couple, they would only let their kids watch Sesame Street, and I thought, wow. Mm-hmm. I, but I was young. I was in my 20s. <laughs> but I learned that Jesus sends His Holy Spirit to live inside you. Mm-hmm. It's the Spirit of Christ. The Spirit of Christ. Jesus mm-hmm. is own spirit lives mm-hmm. within you when you pray to receive him as your Lord mm-hmm. and Savior, which I did that January 6th mm-hmm. when I went forward in that church service. And so I have him in me, convicting me of sin, guiding me with his truth. It's just, mm-hmm. it's a total transformation. My life is nothing like it used to be. And I pray that each day it'll get more, I'll become more and more like Jesus Christ. You know, you have such a sense of awareness if somebody needs help, if somebody needs hope, if somebody needs hope for their hearts, uh, that's what you do. I've seen you reach out to just all these different people, not people at at our ministry, but people who need the ministry of the Lord through Hope for the Heart. It's been 20 years since June Hunt was first called into international ministry through the translating of our Keys for Living into the Russian language. The Lord has refined our focus in recent years to partnership with ministry leaders in key global regions whose reach is expanding to international training events, radio programming, and impact across borders that only indigenous leaders could cross. God is multiplying hope through the translated Keys for Living and the globally relevant counseling model of June Hunt that you have come to understand as a valued listener of Hope in the Night. 
When you support our Hope for the Heart international ministry, you give directly to men and women who are giving their lives to equip and empower the church in their regions for the Lord's kingdom. Come with us around the world to share the hope of Christ. Visit us online at hopefortheheart.org forward slash international. As we each solve the puzzle that is our life, we often have questions we can't answer. Usually, they're little nagging questions, but sometimes they're larger. So large, in fact, the answer or even the question itself can have life-changing consequences. June Hunt believes the best answers to these tough questions come from God Himself, and He's given us those answers in the Bible. For more than 20 years now, June has helped callers find these biblical answers and apply them to their lives. You can talk with June on her radio program, Hope in the Night, about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or another concern in your life. Call 800-NIGHT-17. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call now, 800-644-4817. Welcome back. I'm Jeff Oliver, and you are listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. We are a ministry of Hope for the Heart, and we want to thank you for your prayers and support of this ministry. Well, June, I want to get right back into our conversation tonight with Didi Signoretto, one of our team members. You know, when I think of, of you, Dee Dee, um, I've told this to many people. You are pure-hearted. And I love saying that, pure-hearted, um, because I don't see mixed motives and you trying to exalt yourself. I've never seen any of that. I've known you for quite a long time, and... Um, I would know that anything you would say to me would be pure truth. You would never want to misrepresent anything, and yet you're a growing Christian. You continue to be growing. Uh, I'm going to ask, what is? Do you, do you know what what is your spiritual gift? Based on the Bible, there are certain spiritual gifts. I've discovered a couple. Um, I think my main spiritual gift is evangelism because mm. I wasn't saved till I was 27 and I, I know what it, I knew what it was to be lost and miserable and to have that like I was saying earlier that void mm. that hole in my heart that only God could fill that I was trying to fill it with other things but it never made me happy I even thought that once I got married and had a child that would make me happy but the void was still there, mm. even after marrying and having a child. And I thought, why is this void still here? Mm. But evangelism, I, I love to share the the gospel, which the meaning of the word gospel means good news. Yes, And it was such good news. It was so uh, life-changing and so... Um, so when you say evangelism for... Those that might not know what that means, a spiritual gift of evangelism is to share be. share the truth of what Jesus did on the cross, mm-hmm. that he died in our place. He died, he paid the penalty that our sins deserved. Mm-hmm. We all deserve to die because of our sin. 
um, the Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, mm-hmm. but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So there's a penalty, wages, um, for our sin. And Jesus, because he was sinless, he became the Lamb of God, the sacrifice that paid the penalty for all mankind's sin. But there's a caveat. You have to accept Jesus's gift. It's a free gift. If somebody hands you a gift, if I give you a watch, June, and say, I really would like you to have this, what would you say? I would say thank you, but I'd have to receive it, take it. Right. Would you you try to pay me for it? No, no, no. You would know it's a gift, right? It is a gift. So that's what I had to overcome at first was, like, you mean Jesus did all this for me? That he, he just gave me this free gift by dying on that cross, and I didn't have to do anything to earn it. It was because of his grace and his mercy and his love. That was such a huge thing because I never understood that's what salvation was about. It wasn't about being good enough. We can never be good enough, even if we're the best person on the planet and um, just, you know, hardly ever sin. We still sin, you know, even if we don't say it, we think it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's so many ways we sin that we don't even realize. But um, And you can know that in your head, but you still have to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, yes. giving him control of your life. And then with that ex- reception, we receive that gift of, of Christ on the inside of our lives, and he changes us inside out. Yes, he does. Well, with his Holy Spirit living inside of us, we're truly born again. We're a new creature in Christ, as the Bible says. And so I share that with people. Um, I led two young people at the Smoothie King where I go here in Dallas mm-hmm. to Christ, and I gave them both a Bible and told them to read the Gospel of John and to ask many questions they have. And um it's my greatest joy, really, mm. is to share the gospel and to find that somebody um, somebody has given their life to Christ. I, I shared the gospel last night about Jesus um, with a woman driving down to our Christmas program at our church. Mm. And um, it was uh, she was she asked me, what does it mean to be born again? When I was sharing my testimony about becoming born again, so I explained it, and she was really listening. You know, I've asked, I've been asked that question a number of times, because sometimes um, there will be someone who will kind of wrinkle up their nose. It's like, yeah, I've heard about those born again Christians, <laughs> and and I smile and I'll say, well, let's say you're in a movie theater, and all of a sudden somebody yells, fire, fire. What are you going to do? What would you do if somebody yelled fire? I'd try to find the exit door. Exactly. But if next to you instead was a corpse, a dead person, uh, what's that dead person going to do? They can't do anything. No, because they're not alive. They're not alive to the call of fire. And so they can't hear They don't have the ability to. So that's just a slight illustration that I told a young man who was 16 years old because he's because and he did not know anything about God. He did not know about Jesus dying on the cross for his sins. And finally, 
because of the illustration about being born again, I said, you know, the only thing that dead person needs is life. Because that dead person needs to be alive to the call. Well, if God wants to call you to do something very specific, if you're dead, you can't respond. The advantage of being born again is you're alive to the call of God. God knows what you need. And I will say that in terms of, it doesn't surprise me, that your spiritual gift would be literally sharing with others the good news of how to have a changed life through Christ. That's what evangelism is. And you, (laughs) there are so many who will be in heaven because of you. That's why I love you being a part of our ministry at Hope for the Heart. Uh, you you told me something uh, last week about Rikers Island and the prison uh, and the prison library. And a moment ago, when I was asking you about that, you said this library only had four books. They were four Bibles, and that's it. I was stunned because I've been I've spoken at many prisons, and a lot of them want our material, but. They only had four Bibles for how many inmates? 10,000 inmates, both men and women. And through a contact that we have here through Hope for the Heart, we found out about this chaplain desperately wanting to build this library for the inmates there. And we were able to to make a start, put a small dent um, through the graciousness of a donor to send... 20 topics specifically for inmates um, to their library. and Topics uh, like what? Um, topics like anger and forgiveness and fear, m- fear and manipulation and decision-making, loneliness, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. so many topics that would speak um, to inmates um, that you've written. And we had um, in their self, uh, self-worth, and mm-hmm. we had stealing, we had lying, just mm-hmm. to try to help them to understand that this goes against God's way, yes. and to try to, you know, if they had that same conviction I had in my heart, then that'll transform their lives, because your books and keys are all full of God's Word. It's not just June Hunt's opinion, but it's all about God's Word. What does God's Word say? And that's what transforms our lives. So what is the plan now for Rikers Island, for the prison library? Well, we are um, working here at Hope for the Heart um, to get as many of our keys um, into that library. They, He said, just send as many as you can. He said, storage is not an issue. I've got plenty of room mm. to get this library going. This chaplain is just so thankful and so happy to have people working with him to help these inmates because that's quite a challenge, 10,000 people. Mm. And they process 100,000 people annually there. So some inmates will come through maybe one, two, three days, maybe a week. So they might be able to get one of your keys that would change their life. If they just learned how to forgive or learned that of what anger truly means biblically, God said, in your anger, do not sin. It's an emotion he gave us, but we need to channel it in 
a biblical way and speak the truth in love. And there's so many things you teach us in these keys. So um, we're just really excited about this opportunity, and um, we're hoping to get my my goal, my prayer is to have a thousand of each of these twenty topics we've specifically mm. chosen through three chaplains who guided us, mm. which topics would be best um, to get a thousand copies of each of those twenty keys so that they can check them out of this library, read them, be changed, and um, we have other people sending Bibles um, um, through other ministries that are working with us, but we're specifically getting our keys, which focus on um, the things they need, like anxiety. There's a lot of anxiety among the inmates and fear for when they're released. They're afraid they might do the same thing they did before and come back. But with changed lives in Christ, they have the best fresh start ever to um, getting on a path of victory over past patterns and sin in their lives. You know, sadly, there are people think there are people who think, "Oh, he'll never change," you know, or "She'll never change." And I'm thinking about a friend of your husband's. I think your husband enabled him to come to Christ, and he, um, this other man, was an inmate, and now today he's a pastor. He's also very capable of doing all kinds of things. He just moved to Dallas and yes. just uh, a delightful man, changed, totally changed life, but he was in prison. And yet he came into a changed life, a, a true relationship with, with Jesus. So he would be a perfect person to reach out even to inmates and and yes. it, it's a you know these are cap it's like you've got a captive audience and how <laughs> fabulous that you can yes. share so much that would literally change people's lives. Well, Didi, I am thrilled that God has used you, even used what you didn't know, so you can have compassion and you can understand. Like me, I I didn't know anything of what you had shared until I came into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we don't have to try to figure out what God wants us to do. He's already got the plan. All we do is yield our will to His will. So when I think of you, I think of you are always ready to share with anyone or to try to make a way, to try to make a connection to help people in the area where they need help and hope. I'm so grateful that you're a part of our ministry and especially these initiatives. There are several other uh, opportunities we have with prisons and uh, you know that and you asked me if you could come with me uh, to this next uh, venue that I have that where we'll put out, I'll be speaking but how wonderful that we can all be a part of helping inmates have a change life through Christ. God bless you, my friend. You are very endeared and very used by God here.
If you'd like to give to keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash donate. And we thank you for your generous support of the ministries here. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And our materials and recent programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also find our programs wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope. The preceding program was pre-recorded.